everyone. I'm back yet again from a little mini hiatus. That's life. These things happen. And boy, do I have some updates as to why. <laughs> so first of all, let's just talk about location. I have said a see you later, a see you soon. I'll be back, smooches, smooches, to my hometown of Chicago. And I am all the way across in the Southwest, in the very hot land of New Mexico. I'm here now. I'm here. I made it. And learning a lot, enjoying the sunshine, and learning all about the chiles here. Woo-wee. So yeah, my husband and I and our dog, we made the journey in a car. And I emphasize that because that was a huge trip for me. I'm not a fan of long distance car rides, but let's settle up and 19 hours if we did it in one shot, but we broke it apart in a few days. And we made our way across the Southwest and we have landed in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm going to try and pronounce it like how a lot of locals say it, but it is porque for those, for what we're hearing, a lot of locals, that is, that is how it's called. Yeah. So I am here now. Some more little updates here for those who maybe don't follow me on Instagram. My husband and I, we both very unfortunately got COVID right when we got here. We are, we are both vaccinated and boosted. Um, if you can, and if you haven't, please do, please, please, please. But yeah, that happened. My husband, he his experiences with it were different than mine. I unfortunately, you know, had fever, chills, um, fatigue, body aches. Um, the first two to three days were really not the best. Not to mention, I didn't have any of my comforts, including my, my own bed here yet. A lot of our stuff, it was still, all, all of our stuff actually, was still um, in the moving pod on its way here. And it was just a lot of rest, a lot of hydration. Yeah. Thankfully, though, got better, did my quarantine, and got all of our stuff here. <laughs> so obviously now I'm feeling much better. We still take precautions when we go out. And I am keeping an eye out if there's a booster that comes out next. I am totally going to get it. <laughs> so had that. And we are just learning more about the Southwest. We're both just really excited. I'm really excited. Um, but continuing on with some updates here. I am going to go ahead and get into some conferences. But I just want to kind of discuss some other uh, maybe differences that I've been noticing, uh, along with some um, important topics in relation to the U.S. here as well. So kind of the first of them being some changes that I'm noticing from Chicago to New Mexico. Um, and I really don't feel like it's it's that big of a surprise. It's just expenses, housing expenses in general. Chicago has a very, very large spectrum of price points that one can find if you are looking to own or rent. There's everything in between. Um, you know, there is a, a great deal of, of options there. Out here in New Mexico, we have we found kind of very quickly that the price points uh, here were no exception to inflation, to the housing market, 
being severely impacted. So also here in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, the supply of options available, it was it was fairly limited, or I would say it was it was less. It just was less than some of the options if we were looking to rent or to buy in Chicago, which makes sense as well. You know, the entire population of Chicago is roughly just shy of 3 million. The entire population of the state of New Mexico is roughly 3 million. So, um, you know, there's not as many people here, but in the very near future, there is some housing concerns and some housing issues uh, due to a, a really big influx that has happened here with corporate employers coming in and thus then bringing in individuals who are going to need housing. So some of the big employers who are coming here uh, or who are already here are Intel, Facebook, Meta, Amazon, and Netflix. So Netflix might ring a bell here uh, because Stranger Things, uh, they filmed different parts of it out here in New Mexico, and uh, they already have a studio here. And they've actually gone ahead and bought up some more uh, land, and they're going to be building some more studios. So, you know, with more people coming in for recordings and for shows and publications, you know, people got to go somewhere. Uh, so, you know, these are some some of the big corporations that are coming and the employees are going to need somewhere to go. Um, just some other information that I have continued to research and to find out the average rental price here. It went up seven hundred dollars per four hundred square feet. So meaning if you um, have like an 800 or 1200 or 1600 square foot, your rental price could go up 700 to $1,400 a month. And I must say we did see that when we were looking for somewhere to rent out here uh, because I, I went ahead and, and sold the condo that I had in, in Chicago and um out here, it just did not make sense for us at this time to go ahead and purchase something. The housing market, I mean, great if you were a seller. Fantastic. Being on the buyer end, we uh, held off. And so when we were looking for rent out here, there were some prices that we saw that were very, very, very similar to Chicago. And that just was a little surprising. So, I mean, rentals here have gone up quite a bit. Um, in 2021, 33% of the residents here they were renting with an average price of $7.75 for a one-bedroom apartment. I would say that price point is very difficult to find now. And, you know, just some some other uh, information here for, for Albuquerque, for New Mexico. The estimated wage here is just shy of $14. It's at $13.87, which would mean that the average renter would have to work about 43 hours a week to afford a one-bedroom apartment now. And for those who are at minimum wage, which is eleven fifty, they would have to put in fifty six hours a week to pay rent. I mean, this is this is just. I mean, I know this is nationwide. There's a lot of inflation happening, um, but I mean, this is just it's just really really impactful here. Um, and you know, again, yeah, not just New Mexico or the Southwest region. There was a report from Harvard that found that 85% of large metro areas have been experiencing significant housing prices increase over the last year. Rent across the nation has gone up 12%. You know, there's a lot of causes that, um, you know, uh, researchers are and investors are projecting as to hypothesizing why. The first, of course, being the pandemic. 
The second being, you know, a lot of supply chain failures have been happening. And unfortunately, that just led to the consumers to pick up the financial end of that. Um, Because, of course, you know, those at the top, those big old CEOs, they can't, they just can't, uh, you know, take a a price cut. So that leads to the consumers paying for more. Um, But specifically with the housing market, really what's been a bigger hit is that of investment firms coming in and taking advantage of these situations and buying up uh, quite a bit of homes that are up for, for sale. According to the Washington Post, as of 2021, this poll was taken at that time, uh, investors bought nearly one out of seven homes in the U.S. And it was a higher of a proportion of those in Black neighborhoods. Uh, so 30% of homes in Black neighborhoods were bought up in 2021 compared to just 12% of other neighborhoods. I mean, this is this is, this is is how gentrification happens. I mean, this is, this is going to continue to have long-lasting impacts. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just something that I just hope, um, you know, for those, you know, if you can keep an eye on this, this is, this is a lot of information, a lot of numbers, um, and a lot of moving parts. But these impacts in many ways, neighborhoods and communities and the people who make up these communities. Just some information that, that I've been finding out uh, here in New Mexico and Albuquerque in the Southwest and that I'm, I'm just going to kind of keep my eye on. Shifting gears a little bit, um, but still staying within, you know, the conversation of those who have the power or who can make some changes. We're going to talk about elections, specifically the midterms. Okay. These are coming up this fall. A lot of big, big, big elections are coming up here in New Mexico. There is a midterm, which will take place in November. It is a gubernatorial race, and that's just a funny, fancy word, (laughs) for governor, for state governor. That's what that means. And there is the incumbent, the Democratic uh, nominee, the current governor, Michelle Lujan uh, Grisham. And um, again, just going over some, some vocab here, incumbent means that you are the current sitting political individual. So in this case, the current governor, she is running again. She's running for re-election for a second term. She was first elected in 2018, and she got 57% of the vote here. I I think that's great. And so her opponent, the other political candidate, is Mark Ronchetti. He is a member of the Republican Party. He was a party's nominee for the U.S. Senate uh, in 2020. He uh, lost that race to Ben Ray Lujan. And he is now the party's nominee for the 2022 gubernatorial election. And that's really all I have to say about him. Um, I hope, you know, for those who who can vote here in New Mexico, I hope they show up. I hope, yeah, that the incumbent prevails and continues on. All right. That's what I'll go ahead and end it with um, some political discussion. Uh, You know, please do be aware of your current state elections coming up of your current candidates get to know them and for those who can i hope you do go vote um and yeah that's where i'll leave it all right we're gonna switch gears up here so some conferences that we're gonna discuss today that i'm gonna discuss there are two 
two that I'm going to go ahead and discuss, and they actually are non-chapter, non-state chapter conferences. I really wanted to switch it up here, just kind of take a break from going to state to state. So the first one that I have up here is the 35th Annual Standard Acceleration Society Conference that is going to be taking place November 3rd through the 5th of 2022 in Denver, Colorado, at the Curtis Hotel. And registration is currently open. And not only is registration open, but it is early registration for this. As previously mentioned, this is the 35th conference, uh, 35th annual conference. So going with the assumption that there's been a conference every year, that means that it was founded in 1987. This conference is offered virtually and in person. This conference has some workshops available. The conference itself is a one or two day registration. There are three different tiers that one can register through, and that is as a member of the Standard Acceleration Society. So there's member, non-member, and student. So as a member of the Standard Acceleration Society, you can uh, sign up for early registration for the conference and save $41 with a total cost of $139. If you are a non-member to the Standard Acceleration Society, you can still register for this conference. And registering early, you save $60. And so that means the cost will be $364. And then for those who are a student, you can save $12 by registering early with the final cost being $139. Some additional costs to be aware of for this conference, for those who are traveling, who maybe don't live in beautiful, amazing Denver, Colorado, the hotel there, that is going to be $149 a night, and that is at the Hilton. And so they have a a block of rooms reserved, um, and those will be reserved until September 25th, 2022. That's when the block block expires. Um, So definitely be aware of that for those who are traveling and, you know, looking to probably stay with, um, you know, those who are also attending Um, the live stream option. uh, So there's not really an early registration for this. um, It's just that of a flat rate. So for a member, if you just wanted to participate for the live stream or for the virtual um, and you're a member, that's two hundred dollars. For a student, that would be $100. And then for those who are partaking in the expo booth, that's $50. The workshops that are available, there are um, a few different um, workshops available. And those are a separate purchase. And these are going to be available on the Thursday before the conference. So the conference is the third through fifth. The third is when the con- the workshops are. And then the fourth and fifth is that of the actual conference. And for the workshops, um, you know, these prices range, you know, ranging from $37.50 if you're a student to $125 for the longer workshop. Um, so, you know, be sure to check those out. And, you know, if, if you want to attend them, um, you know, that's some of the there's some additional rate information on that for you there. And yeah, so that's I mean, this is the Standard Acceleration Society. I have attended this myself personally, um, virtually. 
I've always found it to be a really great conference. Um, the Standard Acceleration Society in general has been very welcoming, very positive. Um, I have nothing but great things to say about it and, you know, just kind of my thoughts on it. And yeah, I, I actually um, really do need to give a good shout out to um, in just helping learn about the standard acceleration. I really do need to give a good shout out, though, to um, Amy Evans and Liz on, um, you know, a company that they started and um, it's really all about helping better understand and learn about the standard acceleration chart, um, really make some um, database decision making, learning about ascent based instruction, um, going over instructional design, fluency based instruction. Uh, it's a wonderful program that they have and a really great opportunity as well. I enrolled in this um, last year. And I've learned a lot. I'm still learning a lot. And there's a really great community, too, of people. So I just want to give a really little shout out there to Amy and Liz. They, they've been doing a lot of great work. And I'm really excited to see what, you know, unfolds for them along with Project Blue. And yeah, yeah, just my own thoughts there. Okay, just an experience that I had. Okay. Now we're going to go ahead and shift over to a second conference, again, a non-state chapter conference. And this conference, actually, it just happened. It just happened a few weekends ago. That is the Sex ABA conference. It just happened. It was July 22nd and July 23rd of 2022. But, 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 but some exciting stuff happening in the very near few months here. Registration is opening up in November. So in just a few months, the 2023 conference, which is going to be happening in the very early part of 2023, the registration opens up for that in November. Okay. The actual conference, uh, this is this is virtual. This is great about this one. Um, it's an all online conference. I think please don't Please don't go away with all online conferences. In-person is great too. I love it, you know, getting up to actually hang out, meet with some people, um, you know, maybe go out to dinner. It's really nice. And having the option of all online conferences too, that is also very nice. The conference in 2023, this is going to take place on January 27th and 28th of 2023. So registration is opening up soon because it's going to be right around the corner. I don't know about you all. But 2022, it is just flying by. Forget even like the summer. I don't know where that happened. So this is going to be coming up really, really soon. This will be its third year in 2023. It's fa- It was founded in 2020. Um, you know, just a lot might have happened that year. But, you know, including this, this conference, it really took off. Um, and I'm really excited to see where this goes. They have a lot of great speakers who come. There's a lot of like really important topics as well. Um, So, you know, just kind of give a little overview for what's to come in 2023. They state that, uh, you know, operating through a lens of affirmation, autonomy, harm reduction, and human rights, join leaders in the field of sexual behavior analysis to discuss supporting clients to live their best lives. Be a part of the conversation on consent, pleasure, and noncompliance. Huge, huge, huge topics. To get discussed at this conference. Um, really important 
um, topics. And yeah, you know, this is opening up, like I said, in just a few short months. I'll go ahead and include the link for this conference. That way, so individuals can go ahead and check this out. Again, really excited for this conference and really looking forward to see, you know, what else comes out of this. So I know that was a really short overview and, uh, you know, just two conferences discussed this time. But, you know, as kind of discussed at the top of this podcast, there's been a lot going on. But I have made it to episode nine and look forward to continue taking out more. But before we close out, I want to go ahead and discuss some hot topics in the field. The first hot topic in the field that I want to chat about, I feel like I touch on this topic a little bit um, every now and then, but that is healthcare. And more specifically, the healthcare disparities in this country. (laughs) Um, They're pretty vast. Um, And for a lot of BIPOC individuals, they are just going in the wrong direction. There was a poll completed recently. It was commissioned by NPR, and they looked at five racial groups, specifically from mid-May to mid-June of 2022. It was about 4,000 adults. And it really just went over, um, you know, accessibility, just some financial issues in relation to access to healthcare. And it was reported that half of Black and Latino households uh, stated that inflation has caused them serious financial problems. And it's been really difficult to either get access to health care, to maintain health care, to, um, you know, have health care. But then you're going to the grocery store and having to make tough decisions there. This is a really, really real issue. And it was even reported higher for Native Americans. Two thirds of Native Americans also expressed financial problems. And this is something, you know, being out here in New Mexico, there is a very high Native American population out here as well. So, you know, I bring this up because there is a significant amount of individuals in the field who hold a BCBA, who are RBTs, who hold the RBT certification, um, who work with those who have health insurance and who can receive care through insurance. Well, not everyone can afford private insurance. Or if they can afford private insurance, the out-of-pocket expenses are very costly. The co-pays maybe per session are also very costly. And this is something that I think in the field, a more focused discussion and viewpoint on this could be happening and should be happening. Um, you know, I with so much of the of those who hold the BCBA certification, you know, really taking a look at the other side here, um, you know, and and looking at like, okay, you're asking someone to cover a copay how many times a week, or to pay their out of pocket costs so they can reach the deductible, and that's how much, you know. I mean, these are these are for many individuals astronomical numbers or they're they're numbers that are causing families and individuals to make some really tough decisions. And, you know, inflation is continuing to rise and wages are not (laughs) that they just aren't. 
you know, we, we are, we are not there. So, you know, that's, that's just kind of one hot topic in this field. Again, I feel like I touch on this often, either directly or indirectly, but health insurance, private health insurance in the United States. Yeah, I have some really big thoughts on that. <laughs> and then with so much of the field being focused in this area, I've, <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts on that too. All right, just still maintaining with the healthcare discussion. There was a new bill that was passed um, across both House and Senate, and there's some changes. Uh, looking at Medicaid, um, so this is a non-private health insurance, there are going to be some big changes happening. Um, you know, they are big, but they're not going into effect for, you know, maybe not until the next like two years. But one of the changes here is that there's going to be some reduction in medication costs by allowing Medicare to negotiate some of these prices. And I, and I know there's a lot um, being said with that. I know there's a lot of fear that some politicians might be putting out there of like how damaging this could be. But the cost of some medications, particularly insulin, has been really one of the more focused medication costs. You know, why are they that much um, when it only costs this much to produce it or to make it? But then the consumer, the patient is looking at like a a 200 percent markup. Like, you know, these uh, you know, these are some real numbers that I think we need to be examining more. I think it's great that this bill passed and has made some changes. Um, Another one is that there's going to be a cap on the out of pocket costs for those on Medicare of, um, you know, two thousand dollars. But this isn't going to be starting until 2025. And still having an out-of-pocket cost of $2,000, I mean, that's that's still a high number. So, you know, yeah, I think it's great that both parties or that this bill was able to be passed. Where we're going to be in 2025, I think, is a, a bigger concern. But yeah, I think this is just um, a, a good topic to discuss, particularly in the field for those who are not working with or through private health insurance, perhaps working with those with Medicaid and Medicare. So some state funding, some state and federal funding. This is something I'm very familiar with. This is where I've spent a significant amount of my uh, professional career is working through state and federal funding. I have some experience working with health insurance. I'm familiar with it. I understand it. And I have a lot of thoughts on it. (laughs) But yeah, so I think this is just something for those who hold these certificates and who are working within these areas and populations just to stay familiar with um, as some changes are happening. And yeah. Okay, so usually each episode, I'll wind it up with a recommendation, but I'm actually going to put out a bit of a call to action. So I have been researching and writing and putting out these episodes um, on my own, and I'm, I'm really reaching a point to where some help would be immensely appreciated. Um, and so I'm going to put it out there. Uh, you know, if you are an individual who has some organization skills, who is research-based, who wants to connect and network with those in the field, um, specifically conferences, reach out to me. Let's chat. I am just realizing, you know, kind of like where my boundaries and limitations are with time. And I will keep this continuing. I think this is important. But, you know, I do see an area where some help would be immensely appreciated, needed, supported. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to put out a call to action. Um, Again, you know, if you're someone who organized, research-based, wants to network with some cool people in the field, reach out. 
you can find me at the full field or you can find me um, on my professional Instagram account at underscore just Selena. Reach out to me. Let's chat. And that's today's episode. Really looking forward to episode 10. Woohoo! Gonna make it to 10 here, reaching some double digits to discuss some more conferences, more hot topics. I'll bring on some recommendations. And yeah, coming to you from New Mexico. Bye. Thank you for joining today. Please subscribe, rate, and review. The podcast is brought to you by thefullfield.com, where you can learn more about the full field of possibilities as a behavior scientist, behavior analyst. Please connect with us on the social media links of Twitter and Instagram. The opinions shared on this show are of my own. There has not been any payment for admission or attendance of the conferences discussed on this show. If that shall occur, notification will be provided to audience members and the opinions of the conference shall remain my own and unbiased. Show notes and research are completed by Selena Davila Schilling. Podcast production is by Pretty Easy Podcasts. Again, please subscribe and I can't wait to go through more BS with you on BS with Selena. Wait a minute. No, 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 Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, God. I can't think of the word. I'm going to count myself back in. Oh, I was going on such a roll. And then I dropped it. Okay. Uh, what is the word? Supply. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Um, no, I won't go into that. Never mind. Just scratch that. I'm just rambling on that one. Okay. Three, two, one. Oh, I know what I did. I said the SCC conference, and I should have said the SCS conference. Oh, just leave it in the bloopers. Ah, anyways, three, two, one. Oh my gosh, I am drawing a blank. And this is what the bloopers are for.